your best bets uh listen it's been a bit of a hiatus here over uh at phil miller central Uh, i think the last podcast we put out was the nba preview pod it was probably mid october so we've been about three or four weeks out um since we've recorded a podcast so um still podcasts over here we got some plans for the next few weeks to to have some new episodes and uh uh really glad um to kind of Get back on track and uh with us tonight is, is scott pierre we're recording this on a monday night um you know scott just went through a regional uh senior tour the qualifying process last week so he's fresh off that um so i thought i'd have scott on to talk about that what his future plans are and and just kind of wherever the conversation goes golf in general whatever so scott uh thanks for coming back i know this is like the fourth or fifth time you've been on your best bets. So glad to have you back, buddy. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. It's always a blast to chat with you. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we got plenty to talk about. Yeah. So um, I, I guess take us through, it, it's weird because I, I think the first time you were on was almost two years ago now, um, kind of talking right. about where you were at in, in your, your career, your venture on the senior tour. Um, uh, and so talk about last week, um, Obviously, you didn't play poorly, but, you know, just just by kind of looking at your scores, what you posted on, on yeah. social over the weekend. Um, but I'm sure it's not exactly what you wanted. And, um, you know, kind of what's what's what resulted from that result for you? Yeah, well, um, you know, Q school I, I was OK. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you got to finish top 16 or 17 there. It depends on the number of players. It was 16 was the number. And I think I finished 23rd or 22nd or something like that. It was a couple couple shots, a few shots. Um, you know, I was really ready to go when I went down there. It's It's been a – I have to backtrack just a little bit to let people know that, um, you know, this year has been a bit of a weird year because in late 2021, my father-in-law had an accident um, that ended up – he lost his life December 29th. And then February 3rd um, – or 7th, February 7th, Holly was diagnosed with cancer. So we've been going through, she she had surgery in March. She's doing fine. She's going to be great. Phil, she's, she's good. There's no lymph nodes are fine. Everything's great. She's fine. But I didn't play all year until I played three qualifiers right at the end of the year to kind of get ready for Q school. So to say that I was a bit uh, competitively flat when I came out, I, I felt that it was, it was a little bit, it wasn't that great. But I felt great going to Q school. I really did. I felt like I was going to get through. I didn't. I wasn't even questioning it, to be honest with you. But um, it's just kind of the way it's been the last year and a half. You know, it's just been okay. And I, you know, a few too many mistakes and you know some missed putts. And I, I drove the ball beautifully. Um, yeah, it's just you know I'm just I'm just okay right now. It's just uh, a little rusty, I guess. Um, you know, so obviously. A lot of stuff going on with your personal life the last year or so. That 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 takes a toll on, you know, just kind of your your golf game. You know, getting the time, getting the time that you you would 
hope to have to go put the time into practice and yeah. um, grind. You know, I, I think it was about a month ago I saw you put on, on social. Um, you were you were driving to the course at like 630 in the morning. It was dark. And you were yeah. kind of talking about how hard the grind is. But yeah. you also, you know, that's and for any golfer, you kind of love that process. But it isn't easy. Yeah, that, that, that video was a, it was crazy how many views that video got, to be honest with you. But I was, I was sick. First off, I was, I, yeah, I sounded sick, but for whatever reason that morning, I thought I had my little cup phone, uh, little, you know, deal set up and it was on me. And I thought, I'm just going to just film and just talk about what I'm doing. Cause I don't think I've ever done anything quite like that. And it was interesting. The response was kind of cool. Just a little insight to, you know, it listen, it's a commitment, man. And when you're, when you're working, you know, cause I work, I just play part-time. Yeah. I work for a living, you know, and, um, okay. um, and you're trying to be a husband and a father and you're, you know, trying to have a life. I mean, it's, I yeah. mean, it's early mornings and it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of work. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Was there? A, I forgot. Did I get off track? There was there a question I didn't answer. No, no. I was. It was more of a statement. And uh, okay. no, um, no. So I, I no. I think it, that was sort of your hint that you were really grinding, kind of leading up to this, though. Um, yeah. In the last four or six weeks, and yeah. Was um, yeah. Um, you know, so so obviously things don't go terribly last week, but not exactly your desired sure. outcome. So um, I, I know you put out there on Facebook, you know. That's that you're at least stepping away from from pursuing the champions tour. Um, Was that was that something that you've been thinking about the last few months or was that just like your initial reaction after, you know, after Friday's round? Yeah. So, you know, when we started this, Holly and I had said we were going to give it, you know, depending on how things go, you know, three to five years was a a good window. And unfortunately, my that that five years is again, I just, as I explained, I had about 11 months away from qualifying and then we had COVID. So that five-year span was really more like probably three is the way, the way it worked out, which is fine. Um, but here, here's the thing that I, I don't think, cause you know, Phil, you saw the comments on there and there's plenty, listen, there, it was, a, it was, a, I'm glad I did the post. I wanted to thank people in my golf career who had helped me. And I was thinking about it. And I, that just was an organic thing I did that morning. And I went through my phone and had all these pictures. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to do this. Um, but you know, there are people on there that are like, Oh man, you're so close. You got another one in you. You got, you know, they're encouraging and, and, I, and, and that's cool. I appreciate that. But I just want to just explain something to everybody. Everybody that, you know, if you have no status, if you, if you go to Q school, and you finish top 30 on in Q school, uh, there are five exempt cards and there are 25 qualifying cards. I had one of those 25 qualifying cards in 2019. It is everything yeah. because you don't have to go to the pre-qualifier, which is the qualifier that gets you into the open qualifier if you don't have any status. So, so th- this is how it lays out. Let's just say we're going to Endicott, New York. You get in the car, you drive to Endicott, or you fly. You're probably driving to Endicott. You drive on Wednesday. There's Friday is, is pre. You drive Wednesday, so you can play a practice round Thursday. You play on Friday. If you make it on Friday, you're there for the weekend to go to the open qualifier. If there's an event the week before Endicott, which there is, the, pre-quali- the, the open qualifier will be on Tuesday because they got to give the guys a day to travel. So you qualify on Friday, and then you sit there Saturday, Sunday, probably play a practice round on Monday just to give it a shot on Tuesday. So it's, it's, I understand what people are saying, Oh man, just hang in there and try, but that's what it takes. You have to be able to do that to, if you're going to be out there. And I did that in all of 2021. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and I only got through two pre's. Um, And then I played three in 2022. I didn't get through any. 
And then I went to Q school and I didn't, I didn't get through. So um, I, the whole thing behind this after explaining that is I really do not want to put in all this time, all this effort, all this work on my game, my body, uh, my life, or my schedule, my family, everything to go pre-qualify. You know, I don't want to do that again. I don't feel that that is a productive way to go about playing. And, um, and, and not to mention that the level of play out there has jumped. So I don't think it's that my game has ticked down that much because I think it has maybe a little. My iron game especially has maybe ticked a little, but mm-hmm. the line has been moved. Mm-hmm. And so now that little bitty space I had where I was really close now is a little bit wider. And I can feel that. I can see that. So the, the, the guys who are coming out, the guys who are coming off the tour, the no names that are out there right now, Phil, I'm telling you, the level of play out there is it's 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 up. It's it's gone up. It, the the bar has been moved, and yeah. so yeah. Um, to go pre like for example in 2019 when I had my tour card in 2019 if you shot one under even in any pre qualifier you literally got through. I mean that's kind of where the pre's were. Mm-hmm. This year in 2022 I played three pre qualifiers. It took four under, five under, and six under in the pre mm. just to get to the open, and yeah. the opens each week were better. They were like five, six, seven. Um, I, you know, I, I just, listen, I'm a realist. I've never pretended to be better than I was or worse than I was. And I know where I'm at. And I look at that and I think, could I get back? Could I get to that level again? Could I get back then? I, I suppose it's maybe possible. But the reality is having to go pre-qualify and live your life for like that, go out for eight, 10 weeks. It's, yeah. it's just not something I'm interested in. Yeah. And so um, yeah. the only thing to do is to say, listen, it's, it can, man, I, I had a great time out there, a great run. Um, and I just don't want to do that. That just does not interest me at all. And so that's why I posted that. And I just wanted to be able to kind of share with people what I was thinking and what was going on. And um, I, I'm not retiring from playing. Um, we were talking right before we came on the air. You know, I, I remember Trip Keeney. You remember Trip Keeney? Do you know who that is? Sure. You know, yeah. he, he at 35 or six years old, he announced to the world he's never gonna play amateur golf again. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> right. Like, like right. if you want to go play a tournament, go play a tournament. What is Absolutely. I mean, why, yeah. why, do you, why would you announce that? I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. not I'm not announcing that. So, yeah. like it, like next year, the US, the senior US Open qualifier is in Fort Wayne. Certainly I'll play in that. Absolutely. I'd love to get qualified for the U.S. Open. Um, the Senior State Open is a two-day event in early June. I'll go play in that. Yeah. My best buddy lives in St. Louis, one of my very best friends who was uh, helping me this last year playing-wise. Um, Michael Welch is his name. Mike lives in St. Louis. He belongs to a wonderful club there. I'm sure I'll go to St. Louis, pre-qualify, spend the weekend with him, play golf at his club with his boys. And if I can open, that's great. If I don't, I'll, I'll come home. And, and, and so, I mean, I'll do a couple things, but I'm not going to, I won't go to Q school next year. I do not believe right. I'll be back to Q school. The last three Q schools, I've been very close. I've even been a first alternate um, at one of the finals and didn't get in. Um, but three missed regionals in a row mm-hmm. is not a coincidence. That That's a pattern. Yeah. And I accept that pattern. I understand where I'm at. And so it doesn't mean my game's not good. I'm still a nice player. I mean, I, I, I'm okay with it. It's uh, I'm 55 years old and um, you know, it's things change. It's uh, I, I'm okay with it. I really am. I, I had a blast out there. I've got great memories, great stories, great friends. It's um, it's okay. 
There's a lot I want to unpack from what you just said. First of all, when you have conditional status, um, yeah. when you had conditional status in 19, how many starts did you, did that get you? I went to, um, I had no starts. You, you did not get any starts. From, okay. No, you okay. just have open. You just have the privilege to go Eight. Got straight you. to open. Gotcha. So I played, yeah. I played 10 open qualifiers out there that year and I Monday yeah. into two. I played in Atlanta. That was my first event. Um, at TPC Sugarloaf, and I yep. and I qualified in Calgary, which was phenomenal. Um, they call it the Shaw Classic, and uh, those were the two events that I played gotcha. um, out there. The two official events. I did have the Senior U.S. Open in eighteen, so I, I do consider that also an event. But the official events were both in nineteen. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you talk about the the margin or the gap, you know, from from the last couple of years to like this yeah. year, with the just, you know, it's tough as a golfer. Um, you have that, that ability to think like, what if, what if I'm peaking, you know, what does that look like? I've seen it. Um, you know, I get to that bar, but then, you know, what's actual reality and what, what am I consistently doing out there? I have this problem. I, I think like, oh man, if I, if I peak for three days, I can compete in the city and, you know, who knows what will happen, but right. r- realistic, realistically, I'm like, but that's, you know, I have to do this self-assessment thing where like, well, that's, you know, what, what have I seen for the last six months, year in, in my right. golf game? But that's, that's tough for golfers to actually admit, isn't it? Yeah, listen, um, I, I, for some people, it's very tough. <laughs> I have guys that I play with and been around. It's very tough. I, I, is it hard for me? I mean, I'm, I've always been a very much a realist of where I'm at. I just don't ever really kid myself one way or the other, you know. Um, I can say this. When I came back in 2019, I played hurt half that year. And I think we talked about when I was hurt. But I had an SI joint that was unstable and not very good. And we eventually found out I had two hip flexors on the same side. So I suffered that year quite a bit. I developed some bad habits in my golf swing. Uh, I rehabbed in 2020. It took almost, you know, like COVID wasn't the worst year for me because I got my body back a bit, but it took me about eight months to where I really felt a hundred percent. And I felt like I could really rotate through the golf ball again. My iron game has never quite come back. I drive the ball better than I've ever driven it in my life right now, to be honest with you. I mean, I literally go out and hit 12 fairways uh, every 18 holes I play, literally. I mean, I drive the ball beautifully. Um, so what, it's, what, it's, is, what it's is my what iron mean, game? What does that mean when, when we're out there playing? Is it you hit a couple less screens or is it your proximity is just a little yes, bit farther away? Proximity. Okay. Proximity. See, I walk my putts off. When I play, you play with me, I walk putts off because I love to get a number in my head on what I'm talking about as far as sort of a max distance to roll the ball. I, I, that's kind of how I think. And so let's say back in 19, you know, I mean, I can't tell you 18, 19, I was right there. 18, 19, I was, I was right there with everything. I mean, I would walk putts off and I'd be 21 feet, 18 feet, 15 feet, 21 feet, 18 feet at Q school. It was more like 33 feet, 36 feet, 27 feet, 18 feet, 33 feet, just, just my proximity and with my iron game is just not as as tight as it once was, and and I miss some greens and and then you know you you know hopefully your short game is good down there. Obviously, we're playing on Bermuda. Short game is difficult. I mean, you're playing on Bermuda. Just yeah. it's just very unfamiliar. But um, that that would be the number one thing I would say that has got me to this spot where, and again, if I to put it in perspective, if I go back to 2021. I keep I keep all my stats of what I shoot, right? If you throw out my worst score of 2021 in competition, I averaged under 70 for the year. 
I averaged under 70 competitively for the year. I mean, you say that to someone and they go, well, I mean, that had to be a good year. I, I got in nothing. I lost five playoffs. <laughs> I have to, right. I did. I lost big ones too. U.S. Open, Q School, Open Qualifier. It got me into nothing. I mean, that's where it's at right now. I'm a little bit less. I'm not as quite that good, I don't think, right now. I think my average, if I played 10 or 12 rounds, would be probably, you know, more in that 70 and a half, you know, 70 to 71. And it seems like that's the scores I shoot right now when I go out and play competitively. It's either one or the other. And I might squeeze something in the 60s, but man, right now you got to be way better than that out there. You you gotta be, you gotta be really good. The guys are really good. The bar has definitely been been raised a bit. And uh and and so yeah, you know, to go out there and bang my head against the wall and, and priest, man, Phil, I just uh I'm gonna stick around here and work and you know, do my thing. Yeah, and before we went live, I think I, I just I, I told you that you know a couple of people were asking me you know see what see what his plans are is he yeah is he is he is he going to try to regain his amateur status is he so you know you kind of already said a little bit of what you're planning to do you know there's still some, yeah. some events you want to play some one offs but um, yeah. you know what, you know what is that what's the next couple of years going to look like yeah so listen for everybody in Fort Wayne I have a huge announcement about me getting my amateur status back and I'm not gonna. <laughs> so I'm that's, not. <laughs> listen, that's probably going to make people happy, especially for like senior cities or cities, honestly. So I, I uh, really, uh, listen, um, I loved my amateur golf career when I came back. That's maybe my fondest time of golf, to be honest with you. I, I just loved playing as an amateur, but uh, I, I'm kind of past that. I, and I, I don't know what, what that means. It's, it's a great question. You know, we were talking about it, um, Holly and I, and um, you know, there, there's a part of me that kind of wants to teach a little bit. There's a part of me that doesn't want to teach at all. Um, there's, you know, do you think about maybe getting back in and maybe do getting back into the radio side of things or maybe doing podcasting or maybe writing or, yeah, I, I, I you know what, I, I don't think I have to make a decision anytime soon. I don't think I can, I think I can just sort of organically let it happen, but, um, I still think I'd like to play a few events here and there. Um, but where it goes from there, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, certainly teaching would make sense because I've taught before. I know an awful lot about the golf swing. I think I have a good handle on it, but then there's that aspect of being places and running into somebody that I know this is terrible to say it, but I'm going to say that, you know, like inquires about it. And you're like, I really, I, I don't know if that, if I want to spend an hour, you know, every other week with that person. And I don't mean that to sound pompous or arrogant in any way. It's just that, that, indi- I, what I'm saying when I say that is that indicates to me that maybe I don't want to, I, maybe teaching isn't the way, the way to go, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't, um, I, I don't really want to teach beginners. And, and that's what I kind of mean when I said that someone, you know, somebody who isn't that good. I'd rather work with competitive golfers or someone who's at a little higher level. I don't know how to, distinguish that i don't know how to i don't know how to separate that or you know so i i don't know man i i really don't i i'm um i'm up in the air at this point i really am it's kind of nice to have a clean slate though and and it is you know kind of see where the next few months take you and uh yeah you, you might end up doing something that you never even thought you'd want to do. Um, I yeah. agree. I, I mean, I was, agree. I was on board with all your ideas and you had to throw a podcast out there and, you know, <laughs> steal my thunder here. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe we um, need an S and P podcast or something. Maybe that's, there you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, I, to get back a little bit yeah. to, um, you know, the competition, 
And, you know, you mentioned Iron Game. Do you think professionally, you know, second shots, approach shots are, are the most critical, um, you know, part of the game to professional success or is it something else? I think there is a clear, in my opinion at this point, a clear difference on what makes this level so different and why it's so hard to get to. And it's, it's really right in front of you and it's right in front of everybody. Uh, and, and when I say it, then you sort of maybe start realizing it, but you know, let's just say you're going to play a three round tournament on the champions tour and you know, it's going to take 16 or 17 under to win. I mean, how many mistakes can you really make? How many shots can you toss away in three days to shoot that number? And it's next to none. And so for me, the clear difference to get to world-class, which is what this is, is you have got to be play flawless golf. You can't, you can't make those mistakes. And if you, and, and, and it's okay to miss greens. I mean, it does happen, right? Especially if you're being aggressive, but once you miss a green, you have to get it up and down. That's, that's not making the mistake. Right. So I, I just see the best that I've come across at this level. Um, like I'll give you an example, like Patrick Sheehan is a, is a friend and we played a practice round, um, in Florida when I was down there, Patty made Patty, Pat finished fourth. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to throw that name out. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the top five coming out this year at Q school. He made 132 cuts on the PGA tour. He is so stinking good, man. Mm -hmm. I, I saw him the last day. I kind of told him what my plans were. I kind of felt like this was coming on and, you know, we'd see, I didn't know if I'd see him much again. We had exchanged our numbers and stuff. Um, but I, I, I told him that day, I said, man, dude, you, you are so stinking good right now. Go, just go get one of those. Five. I mean, there's, you're world-class. You're just, you're unbelievable right now. And he, he said, I appreciate it. But, but playing with him, flawless, flawless. I mean, he hits every iron shot within 30 feet of the hole, every wedge inside of 10 feet. He cleans up all his putts. He's got a wonderful attitude. He hits it long enough. He can bend it both ways. He's phenomenal. These guys are, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's world-class golf. And it's tough uh, with the champion store events, uh, obviously 54 holes. So like you said, right. you, I mean, there's just not a lot of time if you get behind to make up ground and, and uh, you know, you have that, that let one less extra round if you, if you would, right. you know, shoot a, shoot a higher number in round one. So, um, uh, so, you know, I, I, one of my, one of the things I've been thinking about asking you is, is for an amateur like myself or, you know, someone that's, I don't know, a, a zero to a four. Um, I'm right in that range. I'm, a, I'm around a two. What, yeah. what does it take? You know, you mentioned for someone at your level, like it's, it's hard to find two or three shots around. I mean, it's, right. it's almost impossible to do it in a, you know, in a year or whatever, a short time span. What, you know, a, a, a low handicapper, um, you know, what, where's the easiest place to find shots? Um, is it, is it usually short game for, for amateurs? You think it's, it's always short game. It's short game at every level. It's just different levels of short game, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's trying to get, you know, a, a, to a scratch golfer short game versus a world-class short game or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a great question. There's so many, there's so many answers, and oh, yeah. you know, because, because right now we've come to learn that distance makes such a difference, but it's distance that isn't too, you know, in trouble. And, um, I, you know, I, I think short game is always the key. I, I just think short game is always the key. I, when I see people throw shots away, when I threw shots away down in Florida, short game is what really probably prevented me from 
you know, mm-hmm. even with my, my irons being, and I hit the irons okay, but even with my proximity not being the greatest, I, I didn't get the ball up and down a few times. I had four to three putts in, in, in four days, um, you know, a couple up and downs and cleaning up a few more putts and I'm going to the finals. So short game is, is always, is always a key learning how to control your emotions too. You know what I mean? Not letting yourself get too high and too low, not paying attention to score. You know, that was, I think, I think I said this to you, we talked one, uh, uh, one time on, on your podcast where I said the biggest difference between professional golf and amateur golf is that amateur golf talk, amateur golfers talk about score way more, <laughs> you know, your score, their score, everybody's right. score, you know? And yeah. so, you know, sort of getting yourself out of worrying about your position in the field, your score relative to par is how, is how you keep your emotions level, right? Because, you know, think about, um, we've seen it a thousand times, right? Guy plays on the PJ tour, plays great for three days, sleeps on the lead, shows up the last day. Everybody's talking about him. He's doing all these interviews and then he plays completely different and finishes 12th. Right. Why? Well, because he's, he's as emotionally, he's different. You know, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard to do, but learning how to, learning how to take your, remove yourself from score position, all the things that gets you going like this emotionally, that, that, that's a, that I see amateurs do that all the time. You know, I had uh, in the spring, we had uh, Callahan, Elsie on, and uh, I had Zach. Tremendous young teacher. Great. Love him. Yeah. I, I worked yeah. with him uh, a couple months ago and yeah, he's great. And, uh, Impressive. uh, but on the podcast, we were talking about amateurs are probably, probably have the most unrealistic, realistic expectations of, of anyone. Um, Amen. He, I mean, he, he was talking about, you know, and, you know, some of the college golfers he works with, you know, they hit a 120 yard shot to 25 feet and they're pissed. And he's like, what's the deal? And we, we went through the stats of talking about, the best iron players on tour, the proximity from the same yardage. And, right. and I, I don't know where it comes from, but amateurs, they, I mean, good amateurs start to become just their, their, their expectations are always very, very high. Yeah, that's it. And those are the, again, those are the things that get you rolling like this with your, you know, your emotions, you're getting upset because you've made a, a determination that you haven't hit the ball close enough instead of just, you know, making a good swing, striking it and accepting where it goes and then go up and get ready to play that next shot, you know? So yeah. I, it's, it's a lot of cliches there. I under, I know that, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where the, the high expectations come from with amateurs. I, I see it too, you know, and then, and then you see guys getting upset on the golf course, you know, that is kind of the, the joke amongst the buddies that I play with like distillers yeah. of the world and Jeff Jones and, you know, Will Lillards and our buddies, you know, when you're with somebody, you see somebody just getting super pissed and they're a 10 or 12 handicap. This, the comment is always, you are not good enough to be this mad, man. You know, you <laughs> just, right. you don't yeah. know where the golf ball's going well enough to be this mad at yourself, you know, give yourself a break. Jeez. You know, it's not that important. <laughs> um, what's, so in your career, did yeah. any, do you feel like you reached your ceiling, your max potential? <sighs> no. No. You, was there? I mean, was there ever a certain year or, or any point where you were like, "This is I'm playing as best as I as yeah. I." Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and maybe maybe answer that a little quickly. I, I will say this: I can pinpoint my best golf of my life right now. No, no questions asked. And it was 2008 to 2012 when I was an amateur. 
I was in my early forties, I guess. It's right in the middle of your five cities in what, right. seven years. Yeah. I mean, I carried a plus five handicap for those five years. And two of those years I was plus six. So good. Yeah. And I handed every score. I mean, yeah. Yeah. every single score that I compete in. I mean, I never, ever, you know, I know how some amateurs, you know, whatever they leave. So I, I handed that because I want to know where I'm at. I want to find out what I am. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but I was, I mean, I was a plus six for 20 months solid straight. Um, that was by far my, my best golf and got me really thinking about the champions tour, you know, got me really thinking, I would tell you another great stretch of golf I had was coming into the champions tour right before I turned 50, I went to Cedar Rapids and they allowed 48 and older to play in their champ, their, um, senior division, Gary Hallberg played the state open champ from Iowa. There were some other guys I can't think of that were, there was a really great field. Clay Devers was there and I played 54 holes and shot 12, 1201 by five. Um, and then went to Q school in the fall, my first Q school and went to Disney to the Palm course and shot, um, 72 and three straight 68s and one there. So that stretch going into that, my first finals, I was like, Oh man, this is, but I, I was suffering a little bit. My wrist was a little bit off and we thought it was tendonitis. I ended up having a cyst in my wrist and it blew up when I got to the desert and I couldn't hit irons that well. And I ended up missing by three, uh, the top 30 by three in my first Q school and had to wait all the way to that following year. And then went back and shot 13 under in the regional that year, going into the 19 for the 19th season, I finished third and then got the top 30 at Q school. So, I mean, those two years were really good. I was, I felt great. I felt like I was like where that line was. I was, I was almost kind of, kind of clutching it a little bit. Like we're right there. Um, when I qualified in Calgary, I had felt really healthy for, almost a month. I hadn't had any back pain. we I'd been seeing my chiropractor every week when I was, you know, several times a week when I was home. And, um, I shot 68 in Seattle at the Monday qualifier and missed by a shot and then jumped a plane and went to Calgary, shot 69 on kind of a windy cold day and, and then won a playoff, got in the event. We played the pro-am on Wednesday and John Wall, my caddy came up and we played and I shot 67 sandwiched between really two good players. And when we got done that day, I said, John, this is our week, man. They're going to know who we are when we leave this week. I'm just telling you, we are going to have a week. And I woke up Thursday and my back was gone. And I suffered the whole rest of the turn of the whole tournament. I shot 72, 72, 74 and finished like third or fourth from the, the last uh, spot and went home and hardly could walk. So it's just, it's I mean, just, I mean, you've had some bad luck with injuries for sure. That, that injury was, it's the only injury I've ever had. I mean, I had the cyst and that was weird. I came on quickly and we didn't know anything, you know, but uh, um, the only chronic injury I had was the SI joint that turned into the hip flexor problem as well um, in 19. And, and I suffered terribly the second, second half of that year, the last event I went to that year, Phil, I'll tell you, I, we went to South Dakota and Holly and I were trying to decide whether I should go. So I was really hurting, but I was just like, honey, we, I got to go. You know I mean? I, I, I can play. I, I'm going to go. So I got in the car and I drove 13 hours to South Dakota. And when I got there, I felt terrible. When I woke up Monday morning, I felt terrible. I played with Brian Cooper, my good buddy. We were paired together. Um, I just had no business playing. I shot 77 or eight. I finished last in the field. And then I got in the car and I drove straight home. I got home at four in the morning. And I crawled into bed and I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't, I could barely crawl to the bathroom. And Holly came home on that Friday. It was on Tuesday. On Friday, she came home and said, 
come on, we got to go to the doctor. What's we got to figure out what's going on. I thought I had nerve damage or a bulging disc. I thought my career might be over. It did turn out to be this SI joint, but, um, that was the only injury I've had that's been like chronic like that. And it just was the timing of it was just you know horrific. Yeah. You know, the, the reason I, I asked about the, you know, did, have you ever reached your, your ceiling or what you think your ceiling is? Like, I, yeah. I think most golfers, 99% of us, you know, we, we have this, this thought in our head of what that looks like. And is it a sustained period? Is it a, a month? Is it a few rounds? Um, yeah. most, most of us never get there, but I mean, I, I remember playing, you know, I've been playing local amateur golf in Fort Wayne for 20 years. I mean, I remember coming to the cities and you know, like that, this, this period guy's going to win. I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> and that's what, that's what all of us thought though. I mean, seriously yeah. though, I mean, from, for the local golf scene, it, it had like a very much of a like tiger, tiger in his run. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I'm not trying to but boost your ego you. or anything, but no, there, was, there, there was this thought like, uh, I mean, even for the best players, like, you know, they got to play their best to beat this Pierre guy. I mean, how did that feel coming into those cities, knowing you're the favorite and then winning yeah. five, five of seven? I mean, it's a ridiculous yeah. run. Yeah. You know what? It was, it was the whole, that whole stretch was really, was great from the standpoint that, you know, I won some really great state events too. I won two, mm-hmm. two section events as an amateur in that stretch. So I only, and I only played like maybe four or five total the whole time I, I was, an amateur and two of them, I won against the pros that I was playing against when I was a club pro, you know? And, um, so, and, and I won, uh, I won, uh, the season ending, um, uh, IGA PGA, um, amateur event two years in a row. And so there was a lot of that going on. You know, I was just winning. I was just, like I said, if there was a time in my life that I felt I played my best, um, it was, it was then. And, and it just felt like, I was going to shoot four or five under every single time I teed it up and it almost didn't matter where it was. That's the yeah. best I felt about who I was as a player, just scoring wise, I think at that time. But again, the best scoring I've probably had is right at the beginning of my champion store run, which, but I can't say it felt the same. It felt like I was better in eight to 12. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I do it. I really thought I was going to get, I was going to get a tour card or at least conditional status and maintain it for several years. I really felt that. So not having that is, is a bit of a letdown. And I understand there was COVID and, you know, it's no one's fault. Holly got, you know, I mean, got it, you know, when Holly had cancer, if, if I would have had to quit golf, I would have quit golf. You know, I mean, she was feeling bad for me. She was trying to push me out the door. I'm like, honey, I'm not going to play golf while you're getting treatments. I mean, we're not doing that, you know? So, um, so it's fine. I, I have no regrets on any of that, but I definitely felt like I could get out there and stay out there. But right now, again, with where the level of play is and the number of guys, I mean, I just look at that and go, man, I just, I think we're wasting our time a little bit right now going to the pre-qualifiers. Yeah. I mean, how, how does it feel to have, I mean, really, I mean, a lot of the, the, the local golf scene in, in Fort Wayne kind of behind you the last few years. I mean, you, hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of go around, you, you go club to club, golf course to golf course. A lot of people know who you are. I believe a lot of people kind of follow your yeah. career, root for you. How's that, how's that yeah. feel to have that, that support yeah. behind you? You know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that too, because, because, uh, uh, this got brought up not not recently, but talked about we at a at a dinner amongst friends, you know. And Holly brought it up because she saw how 
when I first came back as an amateur and I won my first city, which was a very popular win. And then I started winning some other things and it was still kind of cool. By the time we got to like Cedar Creek going for my third one, it, there was, there was the hate factor was, was right. starting to factor in. You flipped, know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so we laughed about that because there was some frustrating days for her out there where she's like, Oh my God, like no one's, everyone's cheering for everybody else. They're not even cheering for any of Scott shots, you know? And, and it was fine. It was, it's, it's cool. But, uh, I, I took it as a, I took it as a, a, a compliment, right? It's respect. Um, yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. but, but when I, when I went on this run and, and part of it, I think has to do with, you know, when I lost my amateur status, that was probably popular a little bit too at that time. Uh, that's a joke a little bit, but you know, yeah. but, but, yeah. but I, what I, I guess what I was going to get at was, was the radio show. The radio show kind of reeled me back into that local golf scene. And, uh, I think people started to to cheer for me a little bit then more knowing that I had 50 coming. And then when 50 came, it seems like, yeah, everybody's been behind me. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a wonderful feeling, man. You know what I mean? It's cause it was a little bit of a roller coaster, you know, uh, for a while there, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. listen, I, I wrote in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Facebook post that, you know, for anybody who, you know, texted me, emailed me, or, you know, talked to me, stopped me, loved me along the way or whatever I said, you know, I just can't tell you how much that meant. I mean, that just keeps you going because it is a push to get your game together, to get your body together, to get all of it together. It's, it is an effort, a Herculean effort. It was, it felt like to me, probably harder two years working at it the last two years than probably maybe ever uh, to get sort of mediocre results. Right. Which is the downside of it. But, um, yeah, no, no, it's been, no, it's been amazing. I, I've got so many friends in the golf. I love the golf community here. I, I, I just had you know, nothing but love for everybody that's, that's in it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of just wrapping up here. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I just, I appreciate you coming on. I, I know a lot of people care about, like I said, care about, you know, your career, just you yeah. know, where you're headed and, I'm glad you came on at least just to kind of talk about where you've been, where you are now and what your plan is. And that's your, yeah, this isn't a retirement. This is kind of just, yeah. you know, it's maybe a end of a one, one road, but you're, you're, you know, this other road starting and um, you know, it's good to hear that you're, you're still going to be playing, you know, from, you know, from time to time in some events and um, you know, you'll still be grinding away at it. So um, you know, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and uh, you know, a- anytime you want to come back, talk golf, uh, any other sports you're always welcome yeah i appreciate that one of the things i am going to do that i didn't mention and i want to mention real quick is i'm, I'm going to reestablish my handicap yeah because i've got a gin number i'm going to i'm going to reestablish my gin number i'm going to activate it and reestablish my handicap in the hopes that you know i might play some net events around town there might be a member guest or something that you know it's okay for me to go play and have a little fun that way. So I'm looking forward to that. To be honest with you, you know my buddy in St. Louis is already talking about, dude, get that gin number together and come play my member guest with me at Greenbrier Hills Country Club um, in St. Louis. So I, you know I'm hoping I, I know Tommy will let me do that at Tommy Bodron. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Jeff Shoemaker will yet, but I'm going to work on him uh, <laughs> to be able to get into some of that stuff. But so I, I there, there's plenty that I'll be able to do and I'll be around and. Uh, you're still going to see me probably hitting balls and chipping and putting and messing around here and there. So uh, I really appreciate you having me on to talk about this and, uh, and thank, thank you and anybody who's listening and watching you supported me over the years, man, it, it meant, it meant everything. And I really, really am proud of uh, in the, as it's all wrapping up, I'm, I'm proud of, 
of the effort that I gave. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I would, I would think anyone in your shoes should be proud of a, a really of a hell of a career and uh, yeah, you should feel good about what you've accomplished. Um, yeah, so you. again, thanks buddy for coming on uh, five time city champion, all around great guy, Scott Pieri. Uh, we'll talk soon. Sure thing. Uh, thanks for listening to your best bets. Uh, we got a football show coming up this week with Zach Fitzgerald. We're going to debate the state of quarterbacks in the NFL. Can't wait for that one. Uh, so thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.